We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. You know, we come off of a really heavy topic talking about religious freedom and and politics and political freedom. And now we're going to go into something a little lighthearted, maybe, but kind of not, especially for guys. It depends on the situation you're in, because we're going to be talking about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is coming, gentlemen. It is. You know, this is the first time we've ever done this. where We've split the segments and talk about two different things. But we want to do that because it's very important to talk about the the religious freedom and the petition that, that we're asking you to sign as well as is we can't not as guys ignore the fact that <laughs> valentine's day is this tuesday we, our, our wives would be very angry <laughs> with us if we left that out but in case you missed it if you missed any of the previous segment you can always go to engagemagazine.net slash podcast engagemagazine.net slash podcast listen to it there we'll also have it posted on our social media pages now as for valentine's day wesley you and i have a lot to learn we do. And so to help us out with that, we have got an incredible guest. Uh, his name is Bill Federer. You may be familiar with him if, you are, if you've ever heard American Minute. Uh, if you are a reader, he has written a plethora of books. And your latest, Bill, is uh, Who is the King in America, right? Right. It's an overview of world history, how the most common form of government is a king, from Nimrod, Tower of Babel, to Pharaoh, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultans, until finally the King of England was the most powerful when America's founders got the chance, they flipped it and made the people the king. So a republic is the people are king ruling through their representatives. And uh, anyway, where did they get the ideas? The ultimately ancient Israel, the first four centuries that they were out of Egypt. Anyway, fascinating book, Who is the King in America? But I know that's not our topic today. Well, but well it kind of ties in for our first segment. But. Yeah, yeah, a little bit for our first segment. Now, really quick, where can they get that book? Uh, my website's AmericanMinute.com. All right, AmericanMinute.com. So, Bill, we brought you on because we do have something we want to talk to you about, uh, and that is the upcoming holiday, Valentine's Day. Now, i got to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a history nerd, so I love hearing about the history and how we get to, or how we got the things that we have today. So, Bill, how did we get Valentine's Day? Well, Christians have been persecuted the first three centuries. There were ten major persecutions. Christians were thrown to the lions. And so the Roman Empire was uh, dragging them out of their churches and burning them alive and so forth. Anyway, uh, Rome was being invaded by the Goths in the 3rd century. And at the same time, a plague broke out. It was called the Plague of Cyprian. It's probably smallpox. 5,000 people died a day. And uh, so many died that the army was depleted. And so the emperor was Claudius II, and he decided that single men made better soldiers than married men. And so he banned traditional marriage in the military. And uh, he also did several things. He uh, had uh, the previous emperor... Galenius was assassinated, and so his followers were beginning to do some rioting. And so Claudius decided to quell the rivals by deifying the previous emperor. What does that mean? That means he declared the previous emperor a god. Wow. (laughs) And so he demanded that the people worship him by taking a little pinch of incense and dropping it in a little fire before the statue. Interesting. I've never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) And those who refused to pinch the incense and uh, drop it in the little fire were considered unpatriotic. It was like, uh, you know, not standing when the Pledge of Allegiance was going on. And so um, the Christians, obviously, would not pinch the incense in front of this emperor, his statue. Uh, Now, the uh, 
persecutions continued, and they were particularly targeting Christians. Again, the first three centuries, there were ten major persecutions, and Christian writings were destroyed. That's one of the problems that it is with researching uh, the first early church histories, because the Roman emperors were demanding that they give up their scriptures and give up their records and burn them. Every now and then, a pastor would cave to the government and give them up, and uh, some of the Christian pastors would say, it's okay to pinch incense and you know, before the, the statue of the emperor. Well, fast forward, after Constantine legalized Christianity uh, and the persecution stopped, a bunch of those Christians that denied Christ went back in. And so one of the first problems with the, with the church in the 4th century is, do we let these people that denied Christ back in? Um, anyway, but, uh, but the Christian records and writings were destroyed during these persecutions. And so the records of St. Valentine's life are scant. And what little we know is passed down through uh, different oral traditions. And uh, really in 1260, which is a long ways after his life, there was a book called Legenda Sanctorum, uh, or Sacred Legends, written by Jacobus de Vorgeron, and then also another book called Nuremberg Chronicle in 1493. So those are the the best uh, records we have. Anyway, so the story of St. Valentine was either a priest or a bishop in Terni, central Italy. And he was either one person or there were uh, a bishop named Valentine, and then another guy was named uh, Valentine after him. You know how people. Oh, that's interesting. Do that. Now, when when was he alive? It would have been the two uh, hundreds. So, okay, like so this is very early Christian history, right? And so I mentioned how Emperor Claudius refused to uh, let the soldiers marry because he thought they fought better if they weren't married, and so this. St. Valentine risked the emperor's wrath by secretly marrying soldiers and their young brides. And so we see an attack on marriage today. Uh, well, there was an attack on marriage back then. And, um, well, it just so goes he, to show you there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Uh, there's, uh, so the church has always recognized uh, the man and the woman marriage being sacred before God. Uh, and then also Valentine... Uh, refused to worship the pagan idols as well as the statue of the previous emperor, and he taught the people not to do that. Uh, as a result, Valentine, St. Valentine, was arrested, and he was dragged before the prefect of Rome, their governor, and he was condemned to die. And while awaiting execution, uh, his jailer, named Asterius, asked St. Valentine to pray for his blind daughter. The story is that she miraculously regained her sight, and the jailer converted to Christianity and was baptized along with many others. Uh, right before his execution, Valentine wrote a note to the jailer's daughter, signing it, From Your Valentine. Oh, that's awesome. Well, St. Valentine was beaten to death with clubs on February 14th of 269 A.D., and then he was beheaded outside the Flavian um, Flaminian Gate there in Rome. Yeah, and what is that because they thought the beating was taking too long? Uh, yeah, they wanted to uh, uh, really. Um, kind of you read the, the, the punishments of these back then. It's uh, you know they should be um, 
strangled almost to death, and then they would be flayed and skinned and quartered, and you know they tie their arms and legs to four different horses and pull them in four different. Well, we directions. don't want that to happen to any of our Saint Valentines that are listening mm-hmm. right now. You're listening <laughs> to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We have Bill Federer on with us. He's helping us understand the history of Valentine's Day, and we're walking through that. If you missed the the first eight minutes of our program where he goes to the history of it, you can go to Engage Magazine. EngageMagazine.net and slash podcast. You can find it there. We have a bunch of other content there that you can find as far as it relates to your Valentine's Day, written for by several different authors that we will have up posted there. Now, Bill, I want to ask a question. Uh, what about the symbols is that we have today as it regards to Valentine's? Where do we get those from? Well, this is interesting. So, uh, it was 496 A.D., two centuries after Valentine, that Pope. Galatius designated February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. Uh, It was also mentioned in literature. Uh, Geoffrey Chaucer wrote in his uh, Parliament of Fowls, and he says that, uh, for this was St. Valentine's Day, when every bird of every kind that men can imagine come to this place to choose his mate. And so it was sort of like an early springtime. But it is mentioned in the history books. Uh, after Chaucer's literature, St. Valentine's Day was associated with courtly love. Uh, in the 18th century is when the English tradition of presenting flowers and confectionery and Valentine cards came. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the Greek name for Christ, uh, the first letter is X. It makes the K sound. The second letter is the Er sound, and that letter is written as a big P. And so the early Romans would abbreviate the name for Christ with a big X and a P. You may have seen that on 3rd and 4th century Roman, you know, circle with an X and a P. Mm -hmm. And so the first letter is called a chi, and the second letter is called a rho. So this is called the chi-rho. Like we abbreviate states with two letters, they abbreviate a name. So the chi-rho, or the XP, was the abbreviation for the name of Christ. Which is also why we get Xmas. Right, and so over the years, it got shortened just to X. It was called the Chi, or the Christ's Cross. And so it was an abbreviation for the name of Christ. It wasn't a uh, dishonoring it anyway. So Xmas meant Christmas, or Christmas. And uh, in the Middle Ages, it was called, uh, the school children would memorize the um, the crisscross row. And so this is where they had the Christ cross and then the alphabet. And then they would say a little prayer, my Christ cross grant me speed or success. And then they would recite the alphabet. Uh, and uh, then it gets even more interesting. Um, here's a little poem. Mortals never shall know more than contained in the old Chris Christ cross robe. It became the form of a written oath. You know how you pledge to, in a court to tell the truth, so help me God, raise your hand, put it on mm-hmm. the Bible? Yes. Well, if you're going to sign on a document and pledge you're telling the truth, you would sign at the Christ's cross you would sign at the X. And so that's come down to us. So you go and open a bank account, okay, sign at this X, sign at this X. Where did the <laughs> sign at the X come from? That was signing at the Christ cross, that you're swearing before God, that you're uh, true in your document. And so that became the idea of, uh, at, they would sign a document at the X, or if they couldn't read or write, they would just put the X, and then they would kiss it to show sincerity. And so that's come down to us as the X's and the O's and on I the bottom of the And I can see TJ doing that, oh, kissing absolutely. the X's when he's going to sign for a house. That's right. Whenever <laughs> I went in to sign for my house, that's exactly what I'm going to kiss it again when I pay it off, though. <laughs> I'm just going to say that out there. 
And so, and so when you send a valentine and you sign it with the X and the O, what you're saying is, I am pledging before Christ that I'm going to keep my pledge to you. And I'm putting the O, it stands for the kiss to show sincerity. Um, yeah. Lots of references. That's where we get cross your heart. You know, sort of tell the truth, cross my heart. Well, where's the cross? That's the X, at the Christ cross, right? And... Um, uh, s- several things. Uh, Frederick Douglass, the Republican advisor to Abraham Lincoln, he was an African American. Uh, he grew up on a Democrat plantation. Never met his his mom. Uh, he was taken away from her when he was little. All he remembers was that his mother called him "my little Valentine." So Frederick Douglass put down Valentine's Day as his birthday. Uh, Republican President Theodore Roosevelt, back before he was president, um, he was in New York politics. His wife and his uh, mother died on Valentine's Day in 1884. What a Bummer. depressing day. He drops out of politics and he goes to become a cowboy out in the Dakotas. And um, anyway, then there's the 1929 St. Valentine's Day massacre. Al Capone and his mob the, uh, murdered the Bugs Moran Irish gang. Um, interesting, one of Al Capone's hitmen was Frank Nitty. And uh, he had this young guy ride around with him named Saul Linsky. Mm-hmm. And Solinsky saw how all you got to do is kill a few people, and the whole neighborhood would submit to the mob. Solinsky applied this to politics, and Hillary Clinton did her senior thesis at Wellesley College on Saul Alinsky. And of course, President Obama was a community organizer teaching the Solinsky method. Anyway, uh, this, so that's Frank Nitty, that's Al Capone. It was the St. Valentine's Day massacre in uh, 1929. And since then, Christians have been martyred and persecuted uh, in cent- all around the world, and Christian persecution is at an all-time high. In the last eight years, while we've been doing whatever we've been doing, our government has been funneling guns to ISIS, and they've been wiping out Christianity. Uh, churches that have existed for nearly 2,000 years are now gone. So we not only remember St. Valentine's Day for uh, his love of Christ and his pledge to marry people, even though the government didn't like traditional marriage anymore, uh, he, was, he was a martyr. And so we remember the martyrs. Uh, at this time. And also, we remember uh, the admonition from Christ to love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use and persecute you. So well, then the apostle Stephen was being martyred. Uh, he uh, prayed, and, uh, and, you know, Jesus, even when he was dying on the cross, forgave those and um, and so the the verse ends with that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, and so we forgive those who treat us wrong. We don't an, uh, nurse a grievance and and riot. It's um, an incredible legacy that that Saint Valentine has left for us, and even more incredible the fact that through all of the persecution, that the documents that that were lost, that were burned, that they. Uh, you know, we're lost, and yet we still know the story. We still have the story of St. Valentine. So really quick, uh, Ms. Federer, what we do want to do is uh, give your website one more time and tell us uh, and give us the name of the book real quick. Right. So my website is AmericanMinute.com. Send out a free daily email called American Minute. And then my brand new book is called Who is the King in America? Overview of 6,000 Years of History and Why America is Unique. And so uh, hopefully when we sign our Valentine's Day cards with the X's and the O's, we'll remember that it's a pledge before Christ that you're going to keep your word and a kiss to show sincerity. And I can vouch for American Minute because I get the email and I enjoy it. Yeah, it's a great email. Absolutely. And you can always find more information at EngageMagazine.net. If you miss any of this, go to EngageMagazine.net slash podcast. Until next week, keep signing with those X's and O's. (laughs) Keep your truths 
and keep on sharing truth and applying scripture. We'll see you next week.